Thanks for joining us for today's sermon. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working in your life. If the messages of this church have touched you in some way, please share that with us by clicking on the contact tab at lifesc.org to send us an email. And if you would like to give to this ministry, you can do so online to help us bring messages just like this one to you each week. It is our prayer that God blesses you through this message today. say prayer before you eat like when you're, you're going to bless, bless the meal or amen that's good do you say uh, do you say let's say grace anybody wave your hand at me say well let's say grace anybody say that how many say well let's bless the food wave at me okay how many say let's give thanks a couple of you that's good my grandmother used to always say let's give thanks when we were going to pray for the meal. And um, pastor friend of mine had a nephew, and he was super smart. He was just valedictorian and just a whiz kid. And he was in, he's in medical school right now, but he made a little mistake. And so whenever really smart people make a little mistake, you have to tell everybody about it because it makes us all feel better. <laughs> but he made a little mistake. He, he, was, he was a quarterback for his high school team, and they had won and they were doing a celebration coach had brought in pizza and the coach turns to him and says Jacob why don't you give thanks and so Jacob goes I'd really like to thank the offensive line for blocking tonight great job I want to thank you I want to thank uh, the tight ends did a great job he didn't know what he meant by give thanks but for a little while today I just want to talk to you about forever thankful being forever thankful. Let's stand and go to the word of the Lord. I know if, you, if you're seated already and you, and you don't need to get up, that's fine. I just like to stand and honor the word of the Lord. First Thessalonians 5, 18 and 19 is where we're going to kind of kick things off tonight, today. I don't know why I said tonight. You're going to recognize this verse, I'm sure, as we get started. I just really feel blessed to have been in the presence of the Lord so many times in this sanctuary over this weekend. And just here yesterday cleaning up, I felt God's presence again. And I just want to say thank you for the prayers you've sent our way. God is opening doors and opportunities are coming our way. And there, there is such a blessing in just living thankful. Amen. We'll talk about that a little bit today. In everything, verse 18 in everything everybody say everything that's the good the bad the happy the sad in everything give thanks lord how in the world can we do that it can't be right that that first part can't be right so then he falls it up for this is the will of god in christ jesus concerning you what is the will of god for my life brother jesus what what is the will of god for my my life brother roy well there's a specific will of God, the ministries, the places that you fit because the purpose that God's put in your life. But there's a general will of God, which is this. Being thankful fulfills the will of God. Amen. So stuff your turkey this Thursday with Thanksgiving. No, I'm kidding. Be happy and know that God is with you when you are thankful because you're doing the will of the Lord. And so he said... In everything, give thanks. But even though if, if you doubt that, just know that this is the will of God concerning you. 
And then it says something very interesting. It's linked together. Verse 18 and 19, you may never have seen this before, but verse 19 is linked to verse 18. Quench not the Spirit. I'm going to give you some very strategic, high-tech spiritual warfare right now. When you're thankful, you don't quench the Spirit of God. Amen? We'll get to it. We'll get to it. You'll like it. I promise. It'll be worth the drive. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's just thank the Lord one more time. Would you lift your hands like this and just say, thank you, Jesus. Come on, do it together. This is biblical. I'll, I'll show you in just a minute. Thank you, Jesus. We love you so much, God. We appreciate you. We lift you up in your sanctuary. This is a house dedicated to you. And our temple, the temple of the Holy Ghost, our body is dedicated to you. So we give you praise in Jesus' precious name. Everybody said amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. It's good to be here. I, I have favorite verses in the Bible. And every once in a while, that verse will uh, uppercut me. and Kind of give me a right hook because of what's going on in life. And I see that verse and I'm like, man, I need to live that. And it's kind of hard to live that right at the moment, but I need to live it. The word thanks is used 116 times in the Bible. 73 of those times, it says, give thanks. And that means that you have to open your mouth to give thanks. Being thankful, or the thanks that's used that 116 times, you can be thankful without saying anything. But it separates and uses the more dominant 73 times as expressing your thanks. How many know that gratitude is invisible unless it's expressed? You can sit there and be as thankful as you want to be. I'm thankful that I got a pastor. I'm thankful that I've got friends in the church. I'm thankful that there's such a great worship team that leads us into the presence of God that, that, that does zamar, as the Hebrews say, to worship or be thankful with musical instruments. It's a Hebrew word. It's one of the words that we translate into praise in the Old Testament. I'm thankful for all of those things. I'm thankful for the fact that I understand that my praise is my thanksgiving unto God. Amen? I'm thankful that I know that I can participate with, with the God Almighty, that God himself is not on a throne somewhere far off in outer space, and he just sits there and spins planets and calls stars by name, but he actually knows my name, amen, and knows your name, and knows your children's names, and knows your plans, and knows your goals, and knows your efforts, and knows your heart. When other people misunderstand you, he understands you. Are you glad and thankful about a God who sees your heart and not just your outer appearance? But, but the more important thing is that when God looks on the heart, man looks on the outer appearance. And we use that as a holiness verse, but that's not just holiness, brothers and sisters. That's talking about expressing things that God says you should express, especially as, as relates to this sermon, thankfulness and gratitude. Gratitude expressed is gratitude felt. And I want you to hear, Pastor, today, I'm grateful for all of you. I'm so thankful for you. 
I'm thankful for you that you pray for the church. You pray for your, your family. You cover men. You cover your family in the blood of Jesus. You pray over them. Ladies, that you lift up your children and you put a protection around them with your prayer life and with your holiness and with your uncut hair. Whatever the Lord wants you to do, you take the dedication and time to do it because you know that God is your protector and you are thankful. Amen. Anybody thankful in the house today? So... I want you to understand that, that we're supposed to put the enemy under our feet and leave him there. We're supposed to put the devil's head under our heel and leave it there. And the way that you do that is to not let life dictate your feelings to you, but to, to, to take your thankfulness and dictate to your feelings how you're supposed to act in any situation. You're supposed to take the problems and inform your and inform. Take the promises of God and inform your problems that he's bigger than this and you're coming through this. That this isn't going to stop you or hold you or roadblock you. That he's a way maker. And that even if everything cuts off and there's no seemingly way to go any further forward, that Jesus, when he's there and he's present, that he has supply for you and he will make a way. Amen, somebody. And so I'm thankful when I see no way. I'm thankful that I have God in my life because he is my way. And I'm thankful for the open door that Jesus himself is to me, that he's my way. Can, can, you, can you celebrate that with me today? So that we're looking at this scripture and it says, give thanks or thank God in everything, one translation says, no matter what the circumstance may be, be thankful and give thanks for this is the will of God concerning you. And then it says, do not quench or suppress or subdue the Holy Spirit. Do not quench it or suppress it or, or, or put it out like a fire. Quench it. And so what it's saying here with these two verses is it's saying, when you give thanks to God, you open the door for him to supply your next need. Okay? But when you start complaining, uh-oh, it's going to get rough in here, isn't it? It closes the door. So some people have this internal conflict where they come to church every single week completely beat up by the enemy because they open the door when they're here and thankful and have their hands lifted and they're praising God. But on Monday, they're complaining about the fact that they don't have enough. There's not, there doesn't seem to be a way through this. And, and all of the complaints actually are quenching the spirit of God. So the work that you start on Sunday does not get to finish this work throughout the week because you're complaining and complaining is is a sin it is go ahead it's all right it's gonna be a little bit hard but it'll get better God, God wants to work for you but if your complaining is closing the doors your thankfulness opened you never get anywhere so that's why you have to not I'm not saying you can't vent about the facts but I am saying when you get done talking about saying, you know, this is not going right and that's not going right, you need to follow that up. But thanks be to God that I know who is my answer, who is my hope, who is my help in times of trouble. I look to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He can handle this because he made heaven and earth. 
But Job got a little bit upset with God, and he said, God, where, where have you been? Why didn't you show up? And, and God kind of just said, okay, sit down, Job. Let me talk to you for a minute. He goes, where were you when I made Ashtaroth? And where were you when I set the stars in place? And, and do you know where I hide the snow when it's not snowing? And do you know where I keep the waters back? And who tells the sun and the stars where to go and where to stop? Do you know what I have control of, God said to Job. And Job said, Lord, I'm sorry. Let me take a step back because I was questioning you because you weren't showing up in my situation but I want to respond now that I know that you are the God who made heaven and earth I want to respond with a thank you God thank you God I don't have to see it all I don't have to know how it's going to turn out because you do you're a God who has all things in your hand second chronicles I read the story not too many weeks ago about Jehoshaphat and whenever they had three armies, everybody say three armies. You remember this, this, the preaching, I hope, a couple, three weeks ago. I don't expect you to, but go back and listen to it again. It was, it was great. It was a revelatory story. Whenever you see three armies coming against Jehoshaphat, he falls on his face and begins to worship God. And in his worship, he tells the people, okay, get together some singers. Get together the people that want to put a smile on their face and sing unto the Lord, even though we got three armies. Anybody got more than three problems today? You got more than three problems coming against you right now. You know what God's response was? You need to sing a song. <laughs> that's real great, God. I, I don't know if that's going to work. You want me to sing? He said, yeah, yeah, Josephat. Put a bunch of singers together and let them go out worshiping. What are they going to sing? Let them sing, give thanks unto the Lord for his mercy endureth. When he said, if you want to win the battle, go out with thankfulness. And so those scripture that I'm trying to pull together for you and what I'm trying to cobble together in this sermon is, is an anointed understanding that your life has to be lived forever thankful. Everything, no matter what it is, you can't say that God sent it to you. You can't say that necessarily God was responsible. It's sometimes the will of men that choose evil things that have those things happen to you, but he will work it out. If you just trust him, all things work together for good. We know that verse. We live that verse. I believe that verse. I've seen it happen in my life, and I've seen it successful in my life. I believe that he works all things together for good. But sometimes I don't feel like I deserve it. You know how we are. We're Americans. We don't feel like we deserve what we're going through. How can I be so inconvenienced by this? this I, don't need to, I don't have to put up with this. You can't treat me like that. I have rights. That's so woven in the fabric of our society that we don't even understand what the, the beauty of being thankful in difficult moments the beauty of understanding that God can give you grace and God can give you favor even in a bad situation. Amen, somebody. Paul wrote in Corinthians, in 2 Corinthians 1, he, he said this. Did I give you those verses? All right. For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant or of the trouble which came to us in Asia. Everyone say trouble. Okay. All right, Paul. You got some trouble. Good for you. We got trouble too. That we were pressed out of measure. They were crushed by this pressing. They were so weighted by this. Above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. Even of life. One translation says, For we do not want you to be uninformed, brethren, about the afflictions and oppressing distress which befell us in the province of Asia. 
And then the next verse says, they can put it up, how we were so utterly and unbearably weighed down and crushed that we despised even of life itself. And then it says, but we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raises the dead. He said, this struggle, this difficulty, this thing that has crushed me, this thing that has literally destroyed my trust and my feelings and my life, everything that seems to have come unglued. I don't know where you are, Jesus. I don't know what you've done, but Paul is encouraging the Corinthian church that that was... He said that was to keep us from trusting in and depending on ourselves instead of on God who raised the dead. In other words, he was saying that all this came upon me so that it would make me stop trusting in myself, trusting in my own understanding and trusting in my abilities to reason and to logic it out, trusting in my understanding of how you figure something out and instead turning to God who's able to raise from the dead. In other words, he said it doesn't how matter how dead the situation is doesn't matter how bad it looks doesn't matter how if it's even if you prayed and it got worse God can still do it he's still a God who wants you to shed all of your trust in yourself and peel that away to where you trust only in the God who can do all things amen someone I'm so thankful that Paul gives this account because sometimes I think that they just had all this anointing and they had all this power, but they you see his struggle, you see him go through it. And the truth of the matter is if you if you learn like Paul was saying to the Corinthian church that when God becomes your dependence, thankfulness becomes your response in everything. When it goes south, you're like, Well, God's in control. He's still on the throne. Anybody ever said that? I think God I thank God for stuff. I don't even know what I'm thanking him for anymore. <laughs> I've been living for God long enough that sometimes I just get out of the car and go, thank you, Jesus. I don't know what I just thanked him for, but I have this thankful spirit about me. I, I want to be thankful because I know that thankfulness unleashes greater obedience in my life, and that obedience unleashes miracles, and those miracles are what unleashes greater gratitude. So I want that gratitude spirit in my life because you can't have greatness without gratitude. Medical science has now studied the brain by scanning it on regular times. They have taken individuals and they've scanned them at one point in their life and then they've gone 47 years and scanned their brains again and they found out that you can have smart brain thinking. That literally, like, if you take a piece of paper out and you write down three things you're grateful for, for 25 days, you will feel happier overall in life. And they've done a CAT scan on the brain. It's called spec specometry. I can't actually say it because I'm not a doctor. But they took a picture of the brain, and the brain had actually rewired itself because of gratefulness. If you can never see the good in anything, and all you see is the bad, you actually create brain damage, they said. And they had pictures, they showed pictures of people whose brain was unhealthy. They began to teach them how to be grateful in their life. And then they took a picture years later and their brain was healthier. They actually rehabilitated their mind and their brain tissue looked healthier. Is this, isn't this awesome that we can be renewed in our mind? Oh yeah. 
Oh, yeah, you got it. Somebody just preached with me. That's why I jumped into this sermon accidentally last week when I said, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I thank God that I understand now that the individuals that did this study, they're actually the ones that did the major study for the NFL to find out if there was actually brain damage happening for NFL football players. And they found out that it's true. The NFL has been lying to people. Oh, it doesn't cause brain damage for years. And they did all of the studies. And now they have all the scans to prove it. And they came back to him and said, yes, you're, ca they're causing, you're causing brain damage. And all you had to do is talk to an old professional. And they couldn't remember things. They couldn't, they couldn't talk very well sometimes. And they knew something was up, but they didn't want to admit to it. But now they've applied this to actual spiritual living. And they find out that when you talk in tongues, it shuts down the reasoning process in your brain. And it lights up the thankful process in your brain. And literally the area of your brain that does all the logic and all the crunching and all the figuring out and all the reasoning shuts down and it releases endorphins into your body. And your body becomes healthier because you speak in tongues. I'm telling you, this is the, the word of the Lord that is now being proved by science. And I'm forever thankful for it. I'm forever thankful for the fact that whenever I feel like I can't go any further and I pull up into a parking spot on my job and I'm sitting there and I'm like, I don't know if I can handle this day. This day, I don't know if I can go through the struggle, the struggle of that relationship. I can sit in my car and start speaking in tongues and the Holy Ghost can pour out right there on me and I feel supernatural strength come and I become peaceful and my flesh gets shut down and my spirit kicks up and I start walking in the spirit and not responding from the flesh. It's the only thing we have that shuts down our flesh and gives us a thankful spirit. If you walk in the Spirit, you will be forever thankful. Is this all right today? So a lot of relationship issues are handled. You know, I don't do a lot of counseling, and eventually I will, but when I do counseling, I notice that you can fix a lot of relationship problems if you just start being thankful for that person. You know, our, our God is not... A delinquent father, amen? And our Savior Jesus is not a delinquent husband. The church is the bride. He's the husband, right? So I don't know what you've gone through or what you've been through, but sometimes we don't understand thankfulness because we don't understand love. We don't understand how to appreciate something. And that builds in us an inability to form healthy thankfulness. Because we've never heard I love you enough from our father. Or we never heard I love you enough from our mother. Or we never heard I love you enough from people that matter in our life. My, my parents, my mom, and all of her siblings rarely heard my grandfather say I love you. Good man of God, started three churches, but he was focused on building a church. And he didn't think he needed to say I love you very often because he felt like he showed it. I show it. It's action. And that's true. It, but you need to hear I love you. I, you know, when I married my wife, I told her I loved her at the altar. And I'll let her know if it changes. <laughs> would that work? That, that wouldn't work. I, I could not live, you know, for years and not tell her that I love her. You need a reassurance that God loves you every once in a while. And the only way you get reassurance that God loves you is if you understand that he's not delinquent. 
He's not going to put you into harm's way just because he likes to sit there and watch you squirm. No, that is not the God we serve. He's a God who has the best for you, so if something is taken from you, there's better coming. I'm saying this from experience. I'm speaking from experience. This is my personal lifelong experience that when I'm grateful, even when it doesn't look good, God still works it out and gives me better for it. And you may not be able to find things that you're very grateful for in your husband or in your wife. Um, maybe maybe they're, they, they don't show a lot of things that you feel like you see that you're thankful for. Just find one thing and just celebrate. Just have a party. You put your shoes in the closet. Yes. <laughs> There's not underwear on the floor. Oh, wait. We'll edit that out of the... No. Thank God. This isn't a personal experience. I'm just saying some people have these experiences. I'm a very clean person. She knows. But what's interesting is whenever people start celebrating, even if they can only find one thing about a person that they can celebrate, when they start telling them that, Carla, I, I just appreciate how you play that bass. Boss is always here helping us worship. I, I love it. I, I actually, I sit there and I watch her do that two-step when she's playing, and I'm like, yeah. She's got some zamar, some thankfulness with a musical instrument going. Some beautiful things about thankfulness, which you have to understand, and I'm really trying to press this home, is that one of my favorite verses in Scripture is Psalm 104, and the reason why it's one of my favorite, you probably know it. I could start, start it and you can finish it. Give thanks unto the Lord for his good. It actually starts, let me find it because I don't want to misquote it. It says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Can I give you something interesting to just let your brain chew on for Sunday on Thanksgiving week? There's 11 different Hebrew words that we translate from the Bible in the Old Testament into the word praise and one into the word shout. Okay, and there's seven dominant words that are used more than the others. Everybody say 11 words for praise. Everybody say seven words used most. All right, good. We've got some followers here. The first Hebrew word I want to introduce you to, these are all words for praise. It just translates praise, okay, is tada or T-O-D-A, tada. <laughs> Sorry, my brain does that. I don't know how to fix it. Just there's this little guy in the back of my brain going, say ta-da, say ta-da. Doesn't matter if the whole church thinks you're crazy, just say ta-da. So ta-da means a Thanksgiving choir. Oh, we need a Thanksgiving choir in here today. That'd be fun. And then there's Barak. And that means to kneel in Thanksgiving. But it's translated as praise. Starting to see a theme here? The word thank, thanksgiving is in all of the, the um, definitions. And then there's a tehillah, T-E-H-I-L-L-A-H. It means to sing a song of thanksgiving. Don't get that confused because that's tehillah, not tequila. If you have tequila, you probably will sing, but it will not be worship. To sing a song of thanksgiving. Tahila. You guys are going to remember these, I promise you. 
You will remember these. And then there's another one, and it's called halal. I told you about that one. It's to give thanks by being clamorously foolish, where we get hallelujah from. It means to be clamorously foolish. It means to just, you know, just get excited and look silly. God endorses that. Is that appropriate in church? Hallel. Yes, it is. Just hallel. Just shout. It's an outburst sometimes to God. When, you, when you're doing something and you have, yeah, when you have someone just start clapping their hands or they stand and say, I believe what you're preaching, or they say, hallelujah, thank God for that. It's, a, it's to give thanks by being clamorously foolish. All of these are to give thanks, but the word translates to praise. Yada. Not Yoda, Yada, Y-A-D-A-H, to give thanks with extended hands. Did you know that that's in the Bible? I don't know where your background came from, but you might have thought that this was inappropriate in church, but it's not. It's actually a word in the Hebrew language. They would actually stand in the sanctuary and give thanks unto God. Have you ever been, have you ever seen a concert maybe on Facebook or something? It's, it's not a Christian artist. In fact, they don't even pretend to live for God. They're worldly. And, but whenever everybody gets excited, what are they doing? Why do they have to put their hands up? Why don't they just enjoy it? Why, is this, why does the artist get up? Yeah, get your hands up. Get your hands. What are they doing? Because wired within us is the ability to worship, and we're made to praise. And if you don't praise God, you're going to praise somebody or something. And so you will yada naturally at something. Whenever the goal is kicked or whenever someone swishes that final basket, the buzzer, what does everybody in the stands do? Yeah! Their team won. Yada. Everybody goes ahead and just yoda. <laughs> I'm helping you remember it. And then Zamar, to give thanks with a musical instrument. That's what Rob was doing up here playing his guitar. He was giving thanks with him. Well, I used to play the drums. I was giving thanks with a musical instrument. Their worship is in their hands in the form of a musical instrument. In other words, their praise is what they're playing. Are you, are you getting some revelation? I hope that's helping you. So Psalms 104, listen to this. This is why I love, this is one of my favorite verses. It says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. That's Thursday. No, I'm just kidding. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, Tada. Everyone say, Tada. So it says, enter into his thanks with thanks with a thanksgiving choir. That's what that means. And then into his courts with praise. That word praise is Tahila which means singing praise. Enter into his courts singing praise. Why do you think we sing songs of praise? Even if you don't know the words, we're going to sing a song of praise. Why? Because Tehillah, we need to sing praises. So enter to his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with singing praises. Be thankful. That word thankful is yada. Extend your hands forward. Be thankful unto him and bless. That's Barak. Bow before him. His name. In other words, if I read it all to you, paraphrase, but it's the entire verse, it says, enter into his gates with a thanksgiving choir and into his courts 
with singing praise. Be thankful by extending your hands to him and bless him by bowing before his name. Oh my goodness. That is four of the major seven praise words are used in one scripture. That's powerful. We're going to have a thanksgiving. We're going to sing unto the Lord. We're going to lift our hands and we're going to sing blessing. Unto, why don't we do it right now? Why don't we bow before him? What a beautiful God he is. And I'm thankful. It's got to come from your spirit. It's got to come out from the inside. It's got to effervesce from a thankful heart. God, I'm thankful to you. God, I worship you. I praise you. All of these things are ways of giving thanks. And what you're practicing now, you're going to do forever. Oh. And Shabak, the last one, to give thanks with a loud voice. <laughs> Or a loud tone. We were doing that Friday night with the youth service. <laughs> we might have blown out a speaker. I don't know. <laughs> it got real in here. Have you ever had a hard time being thankful? This one verse. If you just get it out, just put it on a card, stick it in your car, put it on your... Just begin to thank God. And if you need to remember those things, just look it up. Enter into his gates with a thankful choir. Into his courts with singing praise. Bless his name with hands lifted and bow before his name. All of those things are ways to create a thankful spirit. If you just start doing that, you'll start to get thankful. Even when it doesn't look like it's going to work. Amen. I've been through some times this last couple months where it doesn't look like it's going to work. And uh, I, I don't even know how it's working, but it's working. I can tell you that. I, I just look at the numbers and it doesn't seem to work and God seems to work it out. I can't quite understand it. I kind of feel like Moses standing in front of the Red Sea with Pharaoh's army behind him with a battle strategy of a stick. <laughs> that was Moses' battle strategy. What's in your hand? Interesting is that God will always use something that's already in your hand. He'll have put it there before you got there. Before the need shows up, he'll already have made manifest something in your life that you can do to help, and God will bless it. But it is a bad strategy to have an army coming after you and to hold a stick out over the water. And interesting enough, when Joshua got to the, <laughs> to the Jordan, it was flood season. Anybody ever seen a river that's flooding? with cars floating down it. You've seen it on the news or something, just like stuff just being destroyed, buildings taken out. That's what it was like when Joshua got to the Jordan. It was flood season. And, and he's like, okay, Jesus, or okay, God, Yahweh, go ahead, part the waters. <laughs> go ahead. And God said, no, no, put your foot in the water, and then I'll part it. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You want me to step in something that can wash me away, take me out. You want me to step into something that's dangerous. You want me to step out first into something that makes no sense. I'm just going to get wet. And Jesus, and God said, who is Jesus later on? But, and God said, you put your foot in, you take the step, you be obedient, and I'll do what you can't do.
So obedience is our job. Everybody say obedience. If you read that entire passage where the lepers are found, the 10 lepers come to Jesus and then one turns back and worships him and he says, You're, he comes back and he bows on his face and he thanks God. That one person, he said, where are the others? Jesus says, where are the other lepers? Didn't I heal 10 of them and only one of you has come back to worship me? That, that one man was made whole, the Bible says. And that wholeness is what God wants to do for us in our life, that not only do we have things that attack us, but when we bring them to Jesus, he'll say, step out, do this, obey. And when we do the obedience, the Bible says that they were healed as they went to see the priest. That's obedience, amen? Make sure you don't fall off here because this is really important. Don't click off yet. Hear the rest of this sermon because whenever Jesus said, go to the priest and show yourself, there were, they weren't supposed to go to the priest and show themselves until they were healed. They weren't healed, but they were healed while they were walking to the priest. So their obedience brought the miracle. How do we get gratitude? Gratitude comes into our life when God does miracles. Miracles happen when we obey. It's a cycle. So thankfulness is produced by miracles that we're thankful for. So whenever we start being obedient, God speaks, we're obedient, miracles happen, gratitude is the response. And it starts over. Thankfulness that God can do it. Lord, I thank you. Speak a word. God speaks a word. We obey that word. We take the step. Doesn't look like it's going to work. Doesn't seem like it'll work out. But we still take the step into the Jordan, Joshua. And then God does the miracle. And then from the miracle, it creates a gratitude because we know he had us all the time. He was there all the time. He knew exactly where we were all the time. And he's going to take care of us. And it creates a thankfulness. And you get cyclical thankfulness. And then pretty soon you start like getting out of the car and just saying, thank you, Jesus. Get up to go to the bathroom at night and you're just like half asleep. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Stumbling to the bathroom, but you're thankful. But it's beautiful because in this passage, we see that God is talking to us about starting that cycle in our life to where whenever we don't understand what's going on, we just obey anyways pastor friend of mine had a guy in his Sunday school class and they were talking about needs and he said I have a prayer need I don't have a job right now I'm a carpenter and I don't have a job and I'm finishing and so they said okay well let's pray for him and so they prayed for him and he kept praying and he felt like the Lord told him to build a sawhorse he's like Lord I don't have any business I don't have a job I need a job not a sawhorse and he said and the Lord said again build a sawhorse so he went to the hardware store and he bought the wood to build a sawhorse and he started building it in his front yard. Okay, Jesus, this makes sense. Sometimes you have to step out. And so he was required to be obedient. So he's building this sawhorse in his front yard and a man drives by and he goes, are you a carpenter? He pulls over, he gets out, he goes, are you a carpenter? He's like, yeah. He goes, I've got a big project I'm on and I need a carpenter right now. He said, can you, can you come to work right now? He's like, well, my sawhorse is done. <laughs> and that was 20 years ago. And he testifies in church to this day that I have not had a lack of work for 20 years. I have been continually a carpenter with a job. 
for 20 years because I obeyed God and built a sawhorse, which was absolutely crazy to do with no job. God can do it if you will obey what he speaks. God speaks. We obey. Miracles follow. Gratefulness is created. Worship and praise is built from that gratefulness, and we thank God in our praise. Amen? Would you stand with me today? Oh, I have so much more I didn't even get to. But that's okay. David is all over thankfulness. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Praise ye the Lord. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. He's just everywhere with his praise. For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Save us, O Lord our God, and gather us from among the heathen to give thanks unto the holy, thy holy name and to triumph in thy praise. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks, O Oh, give thanks again and again, for he is good, and his mercy endureth forever. At midnight I will rise to give thanks unto thee because of thy righteous judgments. Daniel conquered a lion's den because he gave thanks unto God in Daniel 6 and 10. And the, Paul gave thanks in his victories over the sea and the waves and the things that tried to conquer him. He just gave thanks, and the Bible says, Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift, the gift of the Holy Ghost, which gives us new birth. And we should cease not, Ephesians 1.16, to give thanks for you making mention. And neither any of these other things, neither filthiness nor foolishness, foolish talking nor jesting nor any of those things that are not convenient, but rather we, we should not do those things, but rather we should give thanks to God. And Ephesians 5 and 20 says, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in his name. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm thankful that I'm able to know in the, that in the end we're going to be forever thankful. So your thankfulness on this earth is just going to translate to your thankfulness in heaven. Because the Bible says in Revelations that we are going to have a moment where we gather around the throne and we're thankful. Revelations eleven seventeen says this, saying, we give thee thanks, O Lord. Back up, let's get context. 16, I like that. And the four and 20 elders which sat before God on their seats fell upon their faces. Everybody see their faces. And worship God. All those words I said, that it all happened right there. And then this is what they said. We give thee thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which art and which was and which is and art to come, because thou hast taken to thee thy great power and hast reigned. The one thing that can give you thankfulness in your life is to just say, Lord, you reign above it all. You reign above it all. And if I just give you my thankfulness and praise, if I just give you my halil, if I just give you my hallelujah, would you lift your hands and just give him a praise right now? That praise is foundational. It's your thankfulness that's lifting up through your hands toward heaven. It's your thankfulness. Thank you, God, for keeping us. Thank you, God, for helping us. Lord, give us a gratitude spirit, Lord Jesus, in this place so that we can give thanks to the Lord God Almighty like they do in Revelation. We're going to stand in that moment. We are there in that moment. Those that are saved are going to be in Revelation eleven seventeen and see those elders fall on their face. And we are all going to lift our hands 
hands together and we're all going to sing praises and we're all going to say we give thanks, O Lord God Almighty. We are all going to do it because thankfulness in life is practiced for a thankfulness in eternal life. Thank you, God, for giving us a forever thankful in our hearts. Would you just bow your heads with me real quick? Jesus, I don't know who's struggling in this room right now, and I don't know what prayers need to be prayed, but if there's a need in a relationship, help them to find a thing they can be thankful for. When they sit down this Thanksgiving around the table, and maybe there's some people traveling, and maybe there's others that are, that are, that are staying home, but Lord, would you just help us to find the little things to be thankful for? And could we just lift our hands in those moments and just say, thank you, Jesus. I give you praise. I give you halil. I give you tamah. I give you everything that I have, Lord Jesus. I give you a shabak, which translates to a shout of praise. Can we do that right now? Would you just thank the Lord with a shout of praise? We thank you. We give you a shout of praise, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.